You can be seated. You know, as always, when I get an opportunity to preach, I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks to our uh, pastoral staff and just their willingness uh, to share the gospel from this pulpit each and every week. And in the midst of all that we, we go through in life and all the th- things that we're seeing, they stand strong. And each and every week they're preaching the gospel, and I'm so thankful for them. I'm thankful for the elders that I get to serve with and such godly men, brothers who I love. And I love you all as well and thankful for you. With this, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you be with me. Lord, I pray that you speak through me this morning. Father, I just ask, Lord, if if there's somebody here, Lord, that don't know you, that you grip their heart today, this morning, Father. Let today be day of salvation, Lord, for them. Lord, I just pray, that, Lord, that you're glorified through this service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 1. We are going to be looking, as Kevin had mentioned already, we're going to be looking at the pre existence of Christ, the pre-existence of Christ. That means before anything was created, both in the heavens, including the angels, as Pastor Kevin has already mentioned, anything on the earth, the stars, the moon, all of it, before anything was created, Christ existed. And why did, why did it exist? Because he is God. That's what Kevin was already, already saying, as we've already looked at. Scripture says in Revelation chapter 22, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That pretty much covers all of it, right? That means he is eternal. And by being eternal, he is God. And this is, the, this is the fight. This is the fight that John had here. When John pulls no punches right from the get-go in John chapter 1, telling us who Christ is. Just so we have no doubt about it, he's going to tell us. Paul has that same fight with him and others throughout Scripture. And we fight that same fight today. You think, think about the Jehovah, uh, Jehovah's Witness. What do they believe in regard to Christ? Right? He's created. He's not deity. He is not God. Right? What about the Muslims? He's just a prophet, teacher, maybe even below that of Muhammad. I really don't know. And then you look at the Mormons. They would say that he is a created God, created as human, exalted as, as God, along with others. There's a fight. And what do we believe about Christ? It's, it's so imper- important. You know, when you, when you stop and you, you think about it, just the eternity past, and you think about the triune Godhead, as we talked about this morning, and think about the plan that, that Scripture lays out and you think about now, you're going all through that scripture, and it's coming into, into today, and this is all part of God's plan. 
And when you stop and you think about that Jesus in the midst of that plan, because somebody had to die that was perfect, the true sacrificial lamb, and it's not just somebody, it had to be God. And he, he said, I will go and I'll die for those you have given me, for those that would believe in him. I'll go and I'll die for that horrible death so that they may live for those that would trust in him. As a young, young man growing up in this church, you know, as some, probably most of you know, I've been here 45 years. You know what's sad? Right now, some of you guys are going, he must have got started when he was 30. And I forgive you guys. But just so you know, Brother Joe over here was one of my teachers, so if I'm old, he's Moses. Right? Sorry, Joe. But growing up, I'm not too positive when this truth hit me about the preexistence of Christ. I started here when I was, just so you know, it wasn't 30, I was six, right? So I was six years old starting, and I don't know when this truth hit me about the preexistence of Christ. But like I said, that's one that will change your life. It changes the way that you, you view the gospel, right? Just by based off of what we said, looking at eternity past, Jesus poured his love out upon us, and then he died for his creation, isn't that unbelievable? The love that goes out from there. It changes your life in the way that you, you view the rest of your scripture as you read through it, right? But this is the thing. I don't want us to get bogged down either with, with just other topics, with other categories, and especially in Reformed theology. There's a lot out there to study. And I'm thankful, like in the class this morning, that we get to go through it and we have knowledgeable pastors that can share that with us. Just don't get bogged down and chasing everything that's out there because it seems like there's new topics, new categories. And if you believe this, you fit, fit over here. If you believe this, you fit over here. And sometimes it gets so overwhelming, man. You go, am I ever going to learn all of this? So if you check out because of that, check back in today, Right? This is the pre-existence of Christ, our creator, right? So don't get bogged down. You know, sometimes because of all the topics and, and such and the categories, it's like um, I, I believe that sometimes we don't even know what the questions are. You know, like we don't understand the question. We might know the answers, and I'm going to give you example of this. I remember being in eighth grade and my buddy Steve came to me. He was a smart kid. He's a teacher over at uh, Sterling Heights High School even now. And he came to me and because he worded it in such a way and I thought he was smart, I just went ahead with it. And he said, he said, Bobby, and he brings these two girls with him to me. And he says, Bobby, would you, he says, do you agree with me that in scripture, women are inferior to men? I didn't know what inferior meant. So I was stuck, right? And I just, hey, do you agree with me? He's smart, right? So I said, yeah. And these women walk away, or these girls, in disgust. Like, are you kidding me? And so I get, I'm like, what are they mad about? I get home, and I'm like, man, I just goofed up. So me trying not to, to look goofy looked absolutely goofy. 
And then I had to go back and, and tell them. And that's what I'm saying. Like some, I knew the answer to that question. I didn't know what the question was. And just last week, I was in Indiana with uh, Brother Jeff Derwin. He is a brother to me. I'm, um, he, he got saved in this church. He taught in this church for a while. He moved uh, to Indiana. I was with him, and he, um, he goes to a Presbyterian church now. And he, beside his bed, he has all of the reform books that you would want, you know, speaking of Calvinism and everything else, it's there. And so he's pretty well read. And as we're walking, as we're driving along, I just looked over at him, and I just kind of wanted to prove a point. And I said, Jeff, I said, what do you believe about the preeminence of Christ? And he just kind of like looked at me, and he, he started to speak, and then he didn't speak. And then he says, I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. He goes, I don't know what preeminence is. And I was like, okay, that kinda, that's really what I wanted you to say. Preeminence is supreme, highest rank, right? Supreme, highest rank. He knew that answer. If I said Jesus, I mean, if I asked him and I said, Jeff, do you believe that, that Jesus is the highest uh, rank supreme out there? And he would have said yes, but he didn't understand the question. That's why I, I, I just don't want you to check out today. This is the pre-existence of Christ. What do we believe in regard to the pre-existence of Christ? There was a fellow on, uh, online that I saw, he's been a pastor for 40-some years. He has a video out there called, What Does Paul Believe in Regard to the Pre-Existence of Christ? You can look it up. And so with me doing this study, I thought, man, this is perfect. And I click on it, I start watching it, and I was about ready to throw up after about 15 minutes. And he was basically, he believes in a conceptual pre-existence, conceptual, concept. It's not reality, reality. It's not literal. It's just a concept. And then somehow he flirted around to say that it's kind of like Abraham and God promising the children to Abraham. It wasn't already. You know how we say already, not yet? Or, so basically it was uh, uh, the already, not yet type thing. These were going to be their children. And somehow he said that that's the same thing, that anything that would refer to Christ and preexistence, that's the same type way. And it blew my mind. And, I'm just, and I, he, he just like stuttered around all the passages that we could look at this morning, which we're going to look at. And then he goes on to say that in all of his years of study, Paul, he never sees anywhere where Paul alludes to a pre-existent Christ. We're going to prove that wrong this morning, right? So... I want to read this. This is part of the Nicene Creed, and then we'll get into our, our study for this morning. This is what we believe. This is what John believed when he wrote this. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God of God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Now, I kind of want to just stop there just for a second. And, and going through that, I kind of learned something this week. 
is um, that word begotten, the, like the only begotten son, that word basically or the phrase is monogeny in Greek. And it doesn't translate well from the Greek. And to, to us, to say begotten almost seems as if it is born, right? And all it means is that it's taking on the very likeness of God. That's what he's saying, by only begotten. And so if you, if you look in the ESVs, they throw out that begotten now. It's not even in there because it, it makes it sound as though it's being born. It is not. And that's why specifically here it says begotten, not made. Sia, and Sia is, my wife, is Greek, and her family speaks Greek, and they don't always just speak about me in Greek. <laughs> Sometimes it's about other things, although they do laugh quite a bit. And so, but this is the thing. A lot of times they will say something in Greek, and they're laughing, man, and then they, I say, what is, what is that? And they'll go and tell me, and it's just like, <laughs> and they go, it don't translate well to English. Right? The only words that translate well is like if they go out of my negative, then McDonald's. And then you'd understand what that, what that means. So they, those words will translate. So, anyways, let's go on from there. And it says, um, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. That's in the same likeness, same essence, same, we could say, exact imprint of the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us men, and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. <clears throat> and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. This is what we believe in regard to Jesus. Now let's turn to John chapter 1. I'm going to read the first five verses and I'm going to go back through them. We'll cover those and then I'm going to probably extend on through John to make points as we go through. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Going back, it says, in the beginning was the word. That should ring home to us at going back to Genesis. The very beginning of Genesis, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Here, in the beginning was the word. John's main, John wants us to go back. In the beginning was the word capitalized here. Revelation says, calls uh, Jesus the word of God in Revelation as well. He speaks things into existence. He is God the Father's uh, spoken word. 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Doesn't this show you here that there's two entities here? You see that there's God, and then you see that there is the Word. And then it says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So not only was the Word with God, this Word was God. Now going through, we know who this is already, right? And the writers and the readers all know who this, this is. But just in case we don't, John's building the case up for us, and he's going to get to Jesus' name here pretty soon. And that's kind of what I, what I wanted to do. And he says, he was in the beginning with God. And now this is what it says. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, I'm in the first through fifth graders class with Sia. And it was trying, I was trying to think about how can I show this to him. So I, I just start folding a piece of paper, right? And then I threw, threw it down onto the desk. I didn't even know that it looked like a paper airplane, but this is what they said it looked like. So I throw the thing down on the desk, and somebody said, oh, that's a paper airplane. And I said, well, how ridiculous would it look to you right now if I started worshiping this paper airplane? And they, yeah, they agreed. These little guys, yeah, that would be pretty weird. We, there's people that do that, right? Can you remember Moses coming down from the mountain, the golden calf? Hey, just give me your jewelry. Hey, I'm going to melt this all up. Hey, it kind of looks like a calf. Hey, let's worship this thing. Weird, right? And people build shrines made by our hands. Guess what? We're not the creator, right? So we, we end up creating this thing and then worship it. Instead of the created worshiping the creator, it's reverse. Right? And it becomes really strange. So here it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So anything that can fit into the made category, it was made through the word. In him was life. I'd, I can't give you life. I can't give you life physically, and I can't give you life spiritually. But somebody can. And that's what it's mentioned here. And it says, in him was life, and the life that was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We know that there's always this good and evil, and there's always this light and darkness. The light that is here, right, shines in the darkness. This darkness can't overtake the light, because who is the light? It don't, we can't say it yet. And the darkness is not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. And this is basically talking about John the Baptist as the forerunner. And to just jump down to nine. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. It says it again. The world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own you notice there's two owns here. He says he came into his own, and his own people did not receive him. The first own is his creation, the ones made in his likeness. He came into his own. The second own is to his own people, that of the Jews. They didn't, they didn't receive him. It says, now this is awesome, but in 12 it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God. Can you give anybody that right? I can't, but Jesus can. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word, capitalized again, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, he ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Why? He's the exact imprint of God the Father. If you have seen me, not me, but as Jesus saying, you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Right? And now I want you to, to turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 1. This is so cool. It says... Let me get a drink of water here. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now we have two entities again. We have, in the beginning, God, and generally we'd look at this and we would say God the Father created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And the darkness is over the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the waters. So we have God the Father. We have the Holy Spirit in with creation right here, right? Now you go to the book of John and you see that nothing was made that wasn't made through Christ. That puts him here. So now you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, here at creation. That is awesome. So then, when we, walk, when we go down to verse 26 in Genesis, it says, Then God said, let us, make, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Not let me make man in my image. Let us, the Trinity, make man in our image. Puts Jesus behind creation again. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 8. We're going to look at a few of them here in, in the book of John. Verse 56, we'll start there. John 8, starting in verse 56. It says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. This is Jesus talking. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not 50 years old and have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And now look what they did. 
So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he was claiming to be God. That saying that I am puts it back to Yahweh. They wanted to kill him. So now let's look at, if we don't believe that there, then let's look at uh, John chapter 10, just a couple uh, chapters over. Look at, starting at verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What did they do? The Jews picked up stones again to stone them. Jesus answered them, I have, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, it's not for good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Why? Because you, being a man, make yourself God. That's why they wanted to stone him. He is God. He claimed to be God. And he is God. Now turn to, I love this, John chapter 17. I I just love reading this chapter. Jesus in communication with God the Father. This is what kind of kills me about oneness Pentecostals that would say that um, God is sometimes God the Father, and then he is sometimes God the Son, and then he is sometimes God the Holy Spirit, but he's never three in one, right? This is conversation here. A prayer from Jesus to God the Father. I just can't, well, I'm God, I'm Jesus, I'm God. I'm, you, I don't know, I can't get that here. And it just seems ridiculous to me. But this is what it, it says in John chapter 17, starting at verse 1. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you've given me to do. And now, Father, glorify in me, in your own presence, with the glory that I had which you, with you before the world existed. In his mind, it, the cross was already done. He was going to be obedient to the point of death. The gospel cries out here, right? And think about that, that the one that created you is going to die for you. That's awesome. Man, there is... 
when you, I, it hits home, oh man. It hits home with me because a lot of you guys know that just with my uh, son Christian, and he's been, he had been in and out of the hospital and uh, just sick. He's a, just a jovial kid, always likes to joke and stuff. And then you, you just see him and he's uh, just every day just about, he's crying just that he can't get over this sickness. And man, it's like just the love that pours out from parents to their children. Sia is just like unbelievable. With, I mean, she would give her life for her kid, and I would do the same. But you could tell by the way that she, the things that she does. But we're sinful. We're sinful even in our love. And this is Jesus, the one that knew no sin, who became sin for us. I'll go. I'll die in their place for those that would trust in me. It's unbelievable to me. Philippians chapter 2. Starting at verse 5. That's a disadvantage of crying up here. Then your nose starts running. So at verse 5, it says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He is equal with God. He is no less than God the Father, but he humbled himself to the point of death. Bear with me for two more. You guys got two more? Hebrews 1. Verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he spoke to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Some translations say the worlds. And I learned that it was because universe is a relatively new word. And that's what it meant when he said words. So here it just says, um, not words, world. Um, it says, though he has also created the world. He, in the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Who do you want to sustain us? 
the creator, right? By his spoken word. It's unbelievable to me. And yet I believe it. It's remarkable. After making purification for our sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior has become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now, you remember me talking about that pastor that had been preaching for 40-some years. And he said that nowhere in Scripture can he find where Paul would allude to a preexistent Christ. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Colossians. Chapter 1. Starting at verse 15. It says, He is the image, and we've already seen this, He's the perfect imprint, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This firstborn is not to be born. It's Again, it's the preeminent. That's the, the word that we were talking about earlier. Preeminent means the highest of rank, right? Supreme. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. This book was written by Paul. You know this, right? For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. By Jesus, he is creator. He has always existed. Guys, if there's anybody here that don't know Jesus today, I'm praying that today is your day for salvation, that you recognize him for who he is. And when, 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 new, when people that are, that are searching, out and, uh, searching out in regard to Christ, this is where we turn them a lot of times. And we want questions to be asked so that we can answer. We want them to fully understand who Christ is and what he has done. Right? With that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we just make Jesus' name famous, Lord, in this church body, in this church. And Lord, I know that we do. And Christ is central, Lord, from this pulpit each and every week, and I am thankful. Father, I am truly thankful for our pastoral staff and their willingness, Lord, each and every week, Lord, to deliver the gospel through every message that they preach. And Father, I pray, Lord, that if, if there is anybody that don't know you, Father, please convict their hearts this morning. If there's anything around their hearts, Lord, that would put a defense up, please remove it from them. Lord, I pray that you would make their hearts soft and tender towards the things of Jesus this morning. And Father, I pray, Lord, for our congregation, 
Lord, I don't know everything that people are going through here, but Father, I know that you do. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would seek Jesus in all things. And Father, again, I pray that in everything that we do, everything that we would speak, I pray, Lord, that Jesus would be made famous. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.